Hello, listeners. This is Iris, and you're listening to the reading of the Waterloo Cedar Falls Courier for Monday, February 26th. I'm your volunteer reader, Bob Young. Let's look at the weather forecast for this week from the National Weather Service. On Monday, expect sunny skies with a high near 72. It will be windy with a southeast wind of 10 to 15 miles per hour, becoming southerly 18 to 23 miles per hour in the afternoons. Wind could gust as high as 34 miles per hour. And on Monday night, partly cloudy with a low around 44. South Southwest wind, 7 to 13 miles per hour, with gusts as high as 21 miles per hour. On Tuesday, a 20% chance of rain afternoon. Partly sunny, with a high near 66. South wind, 8 to 15 miles per hour, becoming north in the afternoon. Winds could gust as high as 20 miles per hour. And then on Thursday night, we have a chance of rain and snow before 9 p.m., then a chance of snow. Mostly cloudy, with a low around 16. Windy. Chance of precipitation is 50%. New precipitation amounts of less than a tenth of an inch are possible. And then on Wednesday, we'll have a slight chance of snow and sleet before noon. Mostly sunny, with a high near 29. And it'll be windy with a chance of precipitation at 20%. Wednesday night will be mostly clear, with a low around 17 and it will be blustery. Thursday will be sunny, with a high near 47, and windy. Thursday night will be clear, with a low around 32 degrees, and breezy. Friday will be sunny, with a high near 58, and it will be breezy. And Friday night mostly clear, with a low around 39 degrees, and breezy again. Saturday expect sunny skies, with a high near 67, and it will be breezy again. Now let's turn to the front page of the Courier. Iowa House approves 3% K-12 school funding increase. Story written by Caleb McCullough of the Courier's Des Moines Bureau. Dateline Des Moines. Iowa's funding for K-12 schools would increase by $147 million under a bill Iowa Republicans passed out of the House on Thursday. The bill, House File 2613, sets the growth rate for supplemental state aid, the money the state pays to school districts, at 3% for the 2024-25 school year. The increase would amount to $229 increase per student, bringing the per-student spending from the state to $7,864. The increase would bring the total K-12 spending from the state's general fund to around $3.8 million. The bill was passed by the majority Republicans, largely along party lines. The vote was 60 to 36. Republican Representative Brian Loos of Bondurant joined Democrats in voting against the bill. Republicans said the bill's plan is sustainable and would provide budget stability for schools. Democrats decried the bill as a de facto cut to school funding and said it would cause cuts to staff, programs, and services. Iowa Senate lawmakers have not settled on a number they will propose to boost school funding. Senate Republicans have advanced a shell bill that does not include a funding increase. 
since Republicans gained full control of the legislature in 2017, they've increased school funding by an average of 2% each year. According to data from the Legislative Services Agency, the legislature passed a 3% increase in school funding last year. House Republicans have also proposed a bill that would increase pay for starting teachers to $50,000 over two years and boost pay for paraeducators and other school support staff. Democrats ask for 6%. House Democrats called the 3% increase in school funding insufficient to keep up with rising costs at schools. Representative Sharon Sue Steckman, a Democrat from Mason City, proposed an amendment to increase the state's public school funding by 6%, or around $294 million. Democrats said the higher increase would allow schools to keep up with rising wages, increasing costs, and help them fund vital programs like work-based learning. With only a 3% increase, they warned schools would not be able to rehire teachers and would have fewer offerings with larger class sizes. Quote, their wages have not kept pace with the economy because the school funding has not kept pace with the economy, so more and more are working additional jobs just to make ends meet, said Representative Monica Kurth, a Democrat from Davenport. Democrats compared the funding increase to the amount the state will spend this year on private school savings accounts, which Republican lawmakers approved last year. The program allows families to take the state's full per-pupil allocation for their students and spend them on private school tuition. Around 16,750 students used an education savings account for the current school year for an estimated cost of $127.3 million. By year four, when every family will be eligible regardless of income, the program is expected to cost $345 million annually, according to estimates from the Legislative Services Agency. Private school enrollment increased 7.4% this school year to 36,195. Public school enrollment dropped by half a percent to 483,699. Quote, since there are fewer than 45,000 public school students in the state, getting about $300 million over a couple years, the least we can do is give that much to our public schools, said House Minority Leader Jennifer Confirst, a Democrat from Windsor Heights. Quote, so we were very disappointed that Republicans chose not to engage in this conversation and have concerns about where we finally end up, unquote, part of a larger package. Republicans noted on Thursday they are pushing for a separate bill that would increase the starting teacher salary to $50,000 over two years and increase pay for paraprofessionals. House Speaker Pat Grassley of New Hartford said the bill was part of a global package on school funding. Quote, We wanted to make sure that we give schools flexibility with state supplemental aid, at the same time recognizing we need to put more money to paraeducation and teacher pay, Grassley said. Responding to accusations 
that Republicans were prioritizing private school students, Republican Representative Phil Thompson of Boone said private school and public school students receive the same level of funding. Quote, we have consistently delivered steady increases and SSA to the tune of nearly a billion dollars in the last decade, Thompson said. Quote, this is my sixth year here. This is the sixth time I get to vote for a sustainable increase in SSA, something I'm very proud of, unquote. <laughs> Land purchase to be discussed by board. Angela Sturm McLaughlin wrote this story, and the dateline is Waterloo. The Board of Education Monday will consider approving a $729,800 purchase agreement for a parcel of land to be used in a Waterloo Career Center program. The board meets at 5 p.m. at the Education Service Center at 1516 Washington Street. The land along Katowski Drive, east of the Career Center, is owned by Stephen L. Riger. It will be used by a new agri-science program. The sale is expected to close on March 18th. The Career Center, Central Middle School Campus, is also where Waterloo Community Schools officials hope to locate a new high school. In other business, the board is expected to do the following. Announce the addition of five new programs that will be offered at the Waterloo Career Center for the fall of 2024 and set a date of a public hearing for the West and East High Pool Infill Project. Also, they will hold a public hearing on the 2024-25 District School Year Calendar and set a public hearing date for the 2024-25 budget. And lastly, approve a three-year Internet service proposal from Arion Communication Services. <laughs> Cedar Falls School Board is set to consider roofing contracts. This, again, is by Angela Sturm McLaughlin and the Dateline Cedar Falls. The Board of Education on Monday will consider approving a contract for summer roofing projects. Blackhawk Roof Company of Cedar Falls submitted the lowest bids, totaling $237,050, to replace portions of the roofs at Cedar Heights and Orchard Hill Elementary Schools. That was below the estimate of 275000 by Cedar Falls-based Terracon Consultants, Inc. The company bid $201,050 on the 10,844-square-foot roof replacement at Cedar Heights, where the estimated cost was $240,000. It bid $36,000 on the 1,060-square-foot roof replacement at Orchard Hill. The estimate there was $35,000. The other company to bid only submitted a proposal for the Orchard Hill project at $36,400. The total cost of the project was estimated at $311,100. That included an estimated $36,100 for Terracon's design services. Work will be paid for with proceeds from the physical plant and equipment levy known as PEPL. The board meets at 5.30 p.m. in the council chambers of Cedar Falls City Hall, located at 220 Clay Street. 
attempted murder charges filed in December shooting, robbery. Jeff Reinitz wrote the story, and the dateline is Waterloo. Prosecutors have upgraded charges for two people arrested in December, shooting that sent a Waterloo man to the hospital. Authorities have now charged Dejanus Dupree Mormon Jenkins, 22, and Marquane Shaquine Smith, 29, with attempted murder. Bond on the new charges hasn't been set. The two were arrested shortly after the shooting on charges of robbery, burglary, and willful injury. Police charged the two and others pulled up beside Richard Sturdivant as Sturdivant sat in his vehicle on Glenwood Street around 4.40 p.m. on December 10th. They pulled Sturdivant from his vehicle, and Borman Jenkins shot him several times. Others dug through Sturdivant's pockets before they fled. Corondius Martia Kelly, 24, was also charged with robbery, burglary, and willful injury in the attack. Fire breaks out at Waterloo Apartment. Story filed by Jeff Reinitz. Dateline Waterloo. Authorities are investigating a fire that broke out in a Waterloo apartment building on Thursday afternoon. Residents evacuated the building at 1047 Langley Road without injury, according to officials with Waterloo Fire Rescue. It wasn't immediately clear if anyone were living in the third-floor apartment where the fire started. Firefighters were able to stop the flames from reaching other areas of the building. The cause of the fire has not yet been determined. Three-Sided in Tobacco Vape Sting Story filed by Jeff Reinitz. Dateline is Cedar Falls. Cedar Falls police cited three employees for allegedly selling tobacco, vape, and nicotine products to underage people. The citations were part of I-Pledge compliance checks sponsored by the Iowa Alcoholic Beverages Division. Underage, undercover operatives, supervised by police, were sent to a total of 41 stores in an attempt to purchase products. Clerks who sold were cited. The following clerks received citations for a sale to a minor. Ramond Maksad, 37, Banny's Liquor and Tobacco at 2128 College Street, Vakash Vakash, 26, Prime Mart, 2728 Center Street, and Alexia Downs, 19, Panther Travel Center at 1525 West Ridgeway Avenue. Criminal penalties for selling tobacco, alternative nicotine, and vapor products to a minor include a $135 fine for first offense, a $325 fine for second offense, and a $645 fine for third and subsequent offenses. Woman Arrested for Bogus Checks Jeff Reinitz wrote the story, Dateline Waterloo. A Waterloo woman has been arrested for allegedly depositing bogus checks and then withdrawing money. Waterloo police arrested Aliyah Jane Nakia Pearson, 28, on February 15th on three counts of second-degree theft. Bond was set at $5,300. Authorities allege she deposited a check for $4,167 into her Viridian Credit Union account on November 22nd. 
She then deposited two more checks, one for 4583 and another for $3,423 on November 24th. After that, she withdrew all the funds. The credit union later discovered the checks were fake, according to court records. Farm show planned at Unidome. Economists to speak about ag challenges at the event starting on Tuesday. Melody Parker wrote this story. Dateline Cedar Falls. This year is shaping up to be another challenging one for farmers and livestock producers. Quote, Think back to last year when what we watched in the markets, prices dropping throughout the year, but costs continuing to rise. That puts the squeeze on farmers. We're going into 2024 under tighter economic conditions, said Chad Hart, an economist at the Iowa State University Extension and Outreach. Hart will present a seminar, quote, Ag Market Outlook for 2024 and Beyond, during the Hawkeye Farm Show, which takes place Tuesday through Thursday at the Unidome in Cedar Falls. Hours for the 37th Annual Farm Show are 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. each day. Admission and parking are free. More than 200 local and national exhibitors will show the latest products and services focused on increasing production, reducing waste, and lowering expenses. Advanced precision farming techniques and products will be featured, as well as products and systems to manage and balance soil fertility. The latest GPS technology will be on display, along with the latest equipment, tools, seed, chemicals, and management software. Quote, we are looking forward to a great Hawkeye Farm Show this year. Exhibitor participation is very strong, with many new companies participating. It's a great opportunity to check out the latest in agricultural products and services from hundreds of local, regional, and national companies, said Scott Gutormson, the show manager. Seminars are free. On Tuesday at 11 a.m., Catherine DeLong, ISU Extension Water Quality Manager, will present Cover Crops Conservation to Protect Our Resources. On Wednesday at 11 a.m., Richard Roth, ISU Extension Nitrogen Science Education Specialist, will discuss impacts of cereal rye on nitrogen cycling and crop production. Hart's Market Outlook sessions are at 1 p.m. Tuesday and Wednesday. All seminars will take place in the alumni room at the Unidome. Hart will discuss tighter margins for farmers in 2024. Quote, although input costs are leveling out, in 2023, fertilizer prices rose dramatically, but those prices have dropped in the past year, which provides a little bit of relief to producers as they get ready to plant this year. Expenses for fuel have gone down as well, but land and seed prices have increased. He'll also talk about the impact of weather on crop production, particularly ongoing drought conditions coupled with an unseasonably warm winter in northeast Iowa. Quote, it puts us in the mind of planting and the idea that farmers like to get in the fields as soon as possible, but we don't know if those weather conditions are going to change. It's been fairly dry as well, 
the economist said. Hart has already seen cover crops greening up in fields. Quote, that's when we worry about the boomerang effect if a cold snap or more snow comes into the picture, unquote. Livestock producers may be comforted by what Hart described as a mixed bag. For cattle producers, we're likely going to see higher prices because we're raising fewer cattle than we've done in quite some time. Producers are facing higher prices. It's getting expensive to buy calves and feeder animals. There are higher prices and higher costs, he explained. Quote, in the pork industry, producers have seen high costs for the last couple of years, but we're looking for better prices. There has been some recovery in prices, mainly driven by strong exports. It was very strong in the last half of 2023 and looks to remain that way through 2024. Hopefully the pork industry is getting better. Economic data suggests inflationary pressures are easing, Hart said. Quote, that's a good sign for us in building agriculture demand for the future. How is that going to change as we move forward over the next year? When you look at the data, we're seeing a growing economy despite problems of inflation and higher interest rates, unquote. There will be free coffee and rolls from 8.30 to 10 o'clock a.m. in the arena. Attendees can register to win $1,000 in show bucks. Winners will be announced at 1 p.m. each day, and winners must be present. For additional information and a map, visit www.hawkeyefarmshow.com. New President and CEO Named for Cardinal Construction Brandon Schoborg, named President and CEO of Cardinal Construction. This story written by Courier Staff, and the dateline is Waterloo. Brandon Schoberg has been named President and Chief Executive Officer at Cardinal Construction, a leading commercial general construction company serving Northeast Iowa. Quote, I am deeply committed to upholding our company's values, fostering a culture of collaboration and innovation, and delivering exceptional results for our clients, Schoberg said in a news release. Schoberg brings more than 18 years of experience with Cardinal Construction to his new role. As a 2005 graduate of the University of Northern Iowa's Construction Management Program, he has progressed through various roles in the company, including project manager and most recently executive vice president since 2021. Outgoing CEO Caddy Susong expressed confidence in Schoberg's ability to lead Cardinal Construction into the future. Quote, Brandon is a natural choice for this role. His extensive construction knowledge, industry connections, and exceptional leadership skills make him the ideal candidate to steer our company forward, she said in the release. Founded 128 years ago, Cardinal Construction has been a cornerstone of commercial construction in Northeast Iowa, delivering high-quality projects of all sizes across various client types. Now we have the Metro Briefs column, Dr. Seuss Party, set at Denver Library, Datelines Denver. Celebrate all things Dr. Seuss at the Denver Library's annual Dr. Seuss Birthday Bash 
from 10 to 11.30 a.m. on Saturday, March 2nd. Families and children of all ages are welcome to take part in several Dr. Seuss crafts and games. Participants can decorate a put-me-in-the-zoo cookie, make a Lorax windsock, craft a Thidwick, the moose puppet, and more. The game zone will feature cat-in-the-hat bingo, stack-the-cat's hats, and other fun games. Birthday cake, punch, and green eggs and ham will be served throughout the morning. Children will receive a free hat and can get their picture taken with the cat in the hat. Magician and balloon twister T.J. Regal from the Quad Cities area will create balloon sculptures for the kids and perform close-up magic. Anyone attending the party can sign up for four Dr. Seuss book baskets that will be given away as door prizes. Prior registration is not required. For more information, go to www.denver.lib.ia.us, the library's Facebook page, or call area code 319-984-5140. Next, Police Firefighter of the Year honored, Dateline Waterloo. The Exchange Club of Waterloo will host the Police and Firefighter of the Year Awards Banquet on March 7th at the Waterloo Elks Club, 407 East Park Avenue. The event is open to the public. A social hour begins at 6 p.m. and followed by dinner, the program, and awards presentations. The keynote speaker is Ben Scholl, a law enforcement training coordinator at Hawkeye Community College. Award recipients are School Resource Officer Mark Nissen, Reserve Officer George Cummings, and Firefighter Captain Ryan Mahood. Entree choices are crown pork roast, garlic mashed potatoes, bourbon glazed carrots, or Parmesan pizza, breadstick, and salad. Cost is $35 per person. The deadline for reservations and payment is February 24th. Include your choice of entree. Tickets can be purchased online at givebutter.com slash eatkjy. Contact Katie at 319-327-4312 to arrange alternate payment. Next, Mercy One Northeast Iowa announces Heroes Among Us Award winners. Story written by Courier Staff. Dateline Waterloo. Mercy One has announced the winners of its Heroes Among Us Awards, which are given to individuals who have done something extraordinary to benefit others and their community. It is the 19th year of Mercy One Cedar Falls and Waterloo Foundations who will award the honors. And the winners this year are Animal Hero, Pickle the Dog, and Michelle Good of New Hampton, Community Service Hero, Tim Combs of Cedar Falls, Environment Hero, Rhonda Reed of Cedar Falls, Good Samaritan Adult Hero, Kim Haley of Eldora, Kim Samaritan Youth Hero, Max Anderson of Washington, Medical Healthcare Hero, Gary Giles Jr. of Waterloo, The Military Hero is Heidi Warrington of Waterloo, Public Safety Hero this year is Officer Preston Russell of Cedar Falls. And lastly, the Workplace Hero is Briley Diderickson of Dyke. 
Award winners will be recognized at a ceremony in March 21st at the Diamond Event Center in Cedar Falls. Doors open at 7 p.m. and the ceremony starts at 7.30 p.m. Tickets are $23 and can be purchased online or by calling area code 319-272-7676. If you're interested in purchasing a half or full table, email Diane Jorgensen. There's no email address listed for Diane. Event sponsors are Mercy One, Courier Communications, News 7 WWL, 93.5 The Mix, and 1650 The Fan. Now in the celebrations column, we have a birthday to celebrate. Happy 90th birthday to Colleen Bovey. Dateline Olwine. Colleen Ruth Shannon Bovey will celebrate her 90th birthday with a card shower. She was born March 1, 1934, at home in rural Fairbank, the daughter of Daniel and Veronica Shannon. She married Joseph Bovey Sr. on June 28, 1955. He is now deceased. The honoree is a retired homemaker. Her children are Sue, spouse Steve Snyder, Diane, spouse Bob, Beaver, Linda and Rick Sabetka, Marianne and Peter Green, Joe and Gail Bovey, and Sharon and Jay Maxwell. There are 11 grandchildren and 13 great-grandchildren. Cards may be sent to 1400 East Knoll Court in Oldwine, Iowa, 50662. Happy 90th birthday, Jim Johansson. And now, listeners, we're just going to take a moment to remind you that you're listening to the reading of the Waterloo Cedar Falls Courier for Monday, February 26th on IRIS, that's I-R-I-S, the Iowa Radio Reading Information Service for the Blind and the Print Handicapped. Now, this announcement. Imagine someone hiding a gambling problem. How exhausting it must be seeing the losses pile up and feeling powerless to control it. Now imagine it's someone you love, your spouse, your child, your friend. Talk to them to understand where they're coming from because anyone can have a gambling problem. They just need help getting their life back. Call 1-800-BETS-OFF to get help for them and you. Now, let's turn to the obituaries. Adam Mark Ryer. 39, of Cedar Falls, died unexpectedly at his home on Wednesday, February 14th. In lieu of flowers, memorials may be directed to the family at 2417 Jacqueline Street, Cedar Falls, Iowa, 50613, for future use in his honor. His family includes his parents, Mark and Brenda Peterson Ryer, his sister Andrea and Robert Ryer Odom, nephews Bennett and Finnegan, and niece Emerson, and many aunts, uncles, and cousins, all of whom love him very much. He was preceded in death by his paternal grandparents, Vern and Merrily Bloom Ryer of Allison, Iowa, maternal grandparents Estelle Pete and Donna Harrington Peterson of Waterloo, Iowa, and his cousin Lauren Peterson of Betalto, Illinois. Adam was born on July 27, 1984, in Cedar Falls, Iowa. 
Throughout childhood and adolescence, he was a talented baseball and basketball player. When he was 12, he was invited to join the Dan Deary Hornets AAU All-Star Basketball Team. In 1998, that team won the Under-14 State Championship and competed at the national tournament at Walt Disney World's Wide World of Sports, where they won several games. As much as he enjoyed baseball and basketball, Adam found his true passion when he discovered the game of golf. One of his proudest accomplishments was the summer before his junior year, when he won the Independence Insurance Agent's Junior Classic State Golf Meet by shooting rounds of 75 and 70, and then won a two-hole playoff to capture the boys' division title. That win earned Adam a trip to the 2000 IIAJC National Tournament in Atlanta, Georgia. In high school, Adam qualified for the 4A Boys State Golf Tournament twice, finishing as high as 8th in his junior year. Throughout junior high and high school, he practically lived at Pleasant Ridge Golf Course, though his favorite local course was Gates, and eventually he was hired at Sunnyside Country Club in Waterloo. Adam graduated from Cedar Falls High School in 2002 and the University of Iowa in 2006. In Iowa City, he worked at Swingmasters Golf and loved tailgating, going to Hawkeye games, and cutting loose at Joe's place. His sister could even get him to dance sometimes. After college, Adam moved to Phoenix, Arizona, where he was an assistant golf professional at the prestigious Ganey Ranch Golf Club in Scottsdale. He was well-liked with the members, giving countless private lessons to help others improve their golf game. He was known as a talented teaching pro. Adam was also beloved by the ladies' golf outing club, the Niners, for which he organized events every week. In recent years, he moved back to Iowa because debilitating back pain led to two spinal fusion surgeries and ultimately ended his golf career. But being in Iowa, he was able to spend a lot more time with his family. He loved to watch Iowa Hawkeyes and St. Louis Cardinals games with his parents and spend time with his sister and his niece and nephews. Adam will be deeply missed by his family and friends. His spirit, his love, and his wonderful sense of humor will continue to live on in the hearts of all the lives he touched. The memories he created will forever be a source of comfort and inspiration to all who knew him. A celebration of life will be held at Pheasant Ridge Golf Course on Sunday, April 14th from 2 to 4 p.m. And yes, the Masters will be on the TV there. That's why we chose that date. It was Adam's favorite golf tournament. Richard Edward, known as Herman Hines, age 65 of Cedar Falls, died Wednesday, February 21st, at University Hospitals and Clinics in Iowa City. He was born October 7, 1958, in Waterloo, the son of Laverne Bummy and Violet Klafke Hines. He worked for GE Railcar Repair in Waterloo, and he worked construction on the side. He married Christy K. Back- Backerman on December 6, 1975, at First Lutheran Church in Waterloo. 
They remained married until her death in 2017. He married Tina Adenolfi on May 20th of 2023 at St. Luke's Episcopal Church in Cedar Falls. Herman raced stock cars at local racetracks, and from time to time he was a teenager until 2022. He was a member of the Blackhawk Street Machines and spent time showing his Mustang in car shows. A service and celebration of life for Herman will be held on March 9, 2024, at 2 p.m. at St. Luke's Episcopal Church in Cedar Falls. Visit www.lockfuneralservices.com for more information. Lock at Tower Park, 4140 Kimball Avenue, Waterloo, is assisting the family. The phone number for the funeral home is 319-233-3146. Sandra Sue Morrison, A.D., died February 16th at the Cedar Valley Hospice House in Waterloo due to complications from ovarian cancer. Sandy worked as a lunch lady for the Waterloo School System for 30 years. There are no memorial services planned at this time. Next is James, known as Jim, Anthony Mudd. James Anthony Mudd, 86, of Cedar Falls, Iowa, died at his home on Tuesday afternoon. February 20th, and he was surrounded by his family. Jim was born on August 12, 1937, in Owensboro, Kentucky, the youngest of Clyde and Catherine Hill Mudd's six children. After graduating from Owensboro Catholic High School in 1955, Jim earned his bachelor's degree from Brescia College. He then secured admission to Northwestern University to pursue a master's degree in broadcasting. In 1959, just six weeks into his schooling, he was offered a job at WMOI in Monmouth, Illinois. In Monmouth, he met and married the love of his life, Cecilia Maxey. He married Cecilia K. Maxey on June 13, 1964, at Immaculate Conception Catholic Church in Monmouth, Illinois. Over the next many years, they welcomed six children and ventured through a series of relocations across central and southern Illinois. Jim's magnetic voice and reputation as a standout radio personality opened doors to management and ownership opportunities, finally landing them at 12.50 a.m. KCFI in Cedar Falls, Iowa, in 1973. In 1981, with the encouragement of his friend Don Deary Jr., Jim started what is known today as mud advertising. This led to lifelong friendships with dealers all over the states, especially with Ray and Todd Green of Springfield, Illinois, and Brooks Hanna of Spearfish, South Dakota. Over four decades and counting, this business fueled lifelong friendships with thousands of clients and partners and was the source for his remarkable financial assistance and time commitments to support multiple organizations and charities near and far. Jim was a fervent supporter of St. Patrick's Catholic Church and an active member of Legatus for Catholic CEOs. He was a national board member for the Lead Like Jesus Ministry with Ken Blanchard and a trustee of the Pope John Paul II Cultural Center 
in Washington, D.C. Jim dedicated his time to DOCA, an organization to continuing education in defense and national security affairs, and they, are, they have a website at doca.org. Jim was inducted into the Cedar Valley 8 over 80. He lent his charismatic presence for over two decades as the master of ceremonies for Sturgis Falls Parade. Jim and Cecilia commissioned beautification and enrichment efforts for Cedar Falls Main Street and the Cedar Falls Public Library. Jim was also a member of the University of Northern Iowa Foundation Board. His most cherished contributions were in support of the military. Jim gave his time to serve his country from 1957 to 1963, when he was honorably discharged from the Army National Guard with the rank of Staff Sergeant. Each year from 2005 to 2012, Jim had the privilege of escorting nearly 50 World War II combat veterans representing the Army, Navy, Air Force, and Marines from the Cedar Valley to Washington, D.C., embodying his profound respect and gratitude for their service. He also took great pride in sponsoring the Marine Band for the Sturgis Falls Celebration for nearly 30 years, as MUD Advertising will continue to do in his memory. Today and throughout his life, Jim's legacy is characterized by relentless ambition, persistent positivity, and tireless commitment to family, friends, community, and business. His attentive nature was a constant inspiration to others, knowing he was always willing to share wisdom-filled insight and poignant advice. Grounded in his unwavering Catholic Christian faith, he had an impact on nearly everyone he met. With his charismatic gift of gab, quick-witted retorts, good looks, and dapper style, he was an entertainer who captured the eye and awe of everyone around. He was a remarkable man who lived life to the fullest. Our heartfelt thanks to Dr. James Polk and his compassionate attention at home with Western Home for their flexibility and reliability and the incredible friends on the care team led by Lauren Connell, his all-time favorite physical trainer turned number one helper and friend. A visitation for Jim will be held on Friday, February 23rd in Mud Advertising Production Studio at 915 Technology Parkway, Cedar Falls, Iowa, from 4 to 7 p.m. A short vigil led by Father Ivan will begin at 7 o'clock p.m. The funeral mass will be held on Saturday, February 24th at 10.30 at St. Patrick's Catholic Church, following a viewing from 9.30 to 10.20. In lieu of flowers, donations may be made to the Cedar Valley Honor Flight in memory of James A. Mudd, payable to Sullivan Hartog Davis Cedar Valley Honor Flight, care of Frank Magsman at 1065 Prospect Boulevard, Waterloo, Iowa, 50701. Now let's get back to local news from the Courier. Sturgis-Overman event planning underway. New group organizing parade and park area portions of the celebration. This story was written by Andy Malone. And the dateline, of course, is Cedar Falls. 
Our story begins with the photograph showing a crowd scene, and the caption says, People check out the booths at the Arts and Crafts Fair at Overman Park in Cedar Falls during the 2017 Sturgis Falls celebration. It's on at Overman Park. The familiar faces of the newly formed Sturgis Falls Overman Entertainment Committee may be acknowledging they're starting from ground zero, but sound like they haven't missed a beat in the early goings of planning. The goal was clear at the latest meeting Wednesday, sitting in an intimate circle with laptops and paper in a small room at St. Luke's Church, to throw together the 2024 rendition with no reductions amid the rushed effort. The new group is organizing the familiar Sturgis Falls celebration events around Overman Park, from band shell entertainment and food vendors to the parade, arts and craft fair, Kids Way, and 2nd Marine Aircraft Wind Band performance. Lots of important decisions and announcements still have to be made. Recent ones were the naming of Bob and Kim Manning as parade grand marshals this year. Gene Hamilton, a caricature artist, will be returning along with handouts like candy along the parade route. Another exciting possibility under discussion is a city-run fireworks show at night. The committee, part of a nonprofit, needs sponsors totaling at least $100,000 and volunteers for the Overman activities, but has access to amenities and equipment from past years. The group is comprised of at least 10 former members of the Sturgis Falls Board who were at one time or another responsible for helping put together the event in its entirety. They have decades of experience amongst them. Many of them, separated from leadership of Cedar Falls Celebration Incorporated, after a fallout this autumn and a declaration the Overman events were on pause because of financial challenges. Those volunteers have now taken over these family-friendly components the last weekend in June. Planning for Sturgis happens year-round. The expectation is just to survive this year and likely rethink how activities are coordinated and come together for future years. Quote, we want to find our own identity as it moves forward, said Chair Pete Downs, appearing remotely from Arizona through a laptop computer. New agreement. Jay Stoddard and his group, still known as Sturgis Falls Celebration, are now responsible for the music, entertainment, refreshments, and carnival at Gateway Park and not involved in the Overman Event Committee. A written agreement facilitated by Mayor Danny Ludick was reached earlier this month between Downs and Stoddard, the celebration's board president, who said in a statement he's wanted the two events to be financially separate for years. The contract solidified the responsibilities and expectations of the separate groups, including the splitting of liability insurance and sharing of the website. Quote, I know how important of an event this is for the community and has an impact on public perception, said Laudick. I didn't necessarily have the authority, but being that there was a possibility it might not happen, I'm glad I was able to work a couple of things out and play a small role in bridging those conversations. Unquote. Each committee member took time Wednesday to provide updates on different aspects 
ask questions, and bounce ideas off each other as they begin meeting every other week. For instance, there was a discussion detailing how payments are accepted, how the t-shirt design was coming along, and what's needed for food vendors. Quote, we have more room for vendors, but it's always a question of electrical capacity, said Don Sweeney. Quote, we're in full motion on my end, he affirmed to the group, while showing confidence that 10 of the 11 from last year will be setting up again. The full enthusiasm could be felt during the behind-the-scenes work. Quote, I've never done any sort of airbrush art or glitter tattoos, but I think it would be fun to bring that oomph back, said Molly Kaler, about some of the ideas for the kids' way. Other important tasks were discussed, like how to handle thank-you notes for sponsors and the number of programs to order. Quote, we always have six or seven boxes left over, with 175 in a box, said Chuck Frost. The group had already convened a few times before the latest meeting, but in attendance for the first time were Liz O'Brien and Megan Russell, organizers of the Save Sturgis Falls at Overman Park Facebook page, which formed during the period of uncertainty. Russell later became an official committee member. The page will continue to provide regular updates and eventually an online method for donating. Contact Downs at P-E-T-E-D at waterloutent.com with questions or interests in sponsoring, volunteering, or partaking. He will put people in contact with the appropriate event director. <laughs> New Hampton pastor wins $500,000 in Iowa lottery. The dateline is Clive, Iowa. A New Hampton man said he felt calm Tuesday as he claimed a $500,000 lottery prize. But he admits that was definitely not the case when he first realized he'd won big. Quote, I was shaking pretty good then, I think, Kevin Frey said as he claimed the eighth of 14 top prizes in the $500,000 cash scratch game. Frey, in fact, was so thrown off by winning big that he left behind his winning ticket. Quote, I was so excited and flustered that I left the ticket inside of the Casey store and went out to the car and started calling everybody, calling my wife at first and everybody else, he said. When one of his adult children asked Frey to send a text of the winning ticket, the situation hit him. Quote, and then I realized, I don't have it. It's in the store, Frey said. Fortunately, I was still in the parking lot of the Casey store, and I ran back inside and asked the employee for the ticket. She was so flustered, she forgot to give it to me the first time. So we finally got it on the right page, unquote. Frey, 64, a longtime New Hampton pastor, purchased his winning ticket at Casey's at 615 North Lynn Avenue in New Hampton. So why did his son want to see a picture of the winning ticket? Quote, My kids know I tell some pretty good tales sometimes, Frey said with a laugh. So the oldest son, who lives down in Des Moines here, said that it's not true until he sees a picture of the ticket. And so we took care of that, and he was pretty excited too, unquote. Frey said he and his wife, Marion, have talked about moving to the Des Moines area when they retire to be closer to family and his lottery win 
will help with that, along with a long-term plan and investments. Quote, this is going to help a lot. This is exciting in that way, too, he said. It will be fun to be able to share some of it with some of our family and some of the charities that we support and have supported for a long time, unquote. Frey said he was able to lead church services Sunday as if nothing were out of the ordinary. Quote, they told me I did a nice job on the sermon. So I said, well, I guess there was something at work in the middle of all that, he said. All Black Hawk County staff set to receive raises. Story written by Maria Cooper. Dateline Waterloo. Black Hawk County's elected officials are set to get a raise after holding off on salary increases last year. The Board of Supervisors approved a recommendation for the raises of elected officials and department directors on Thursday in a 4-to-1 vote with Supervisor Tom Little dissenting. The recommendation still has to come before the board as a resolution. Supervisors are recommending a 2.25% increase for themselves for a salary of $44,044, a 7.5% increase for the recorder and treasurer, a salary of $98,804, a 7.5% increase for the auditor, for a salary of $98,947, a 7.5% increase for the county attorney, for a salary of $162,500, and a 9% increase for the sheriff, for a salary of $151,121. Last year, the board agreed that these positions would not receive a raise for the fiscal year 2024, which ends on June 30th. Department heads who are non-bargaining could receive a 3% increase. This includes the finance director, building maintenance superintendent, county engineer, information technology director, human resources director, conservation director, and the public health director. The proposed salaries range from 108150 to 153000 470. The Veteran Affairs Director would receive a 4% increase. That position's salary is significantly lower than the other directors, with a proposed salary of 77834 Non-bargaining employees who are not directors could receive a 4% increase. From the Week in Iowa column, Religious Freedom Bill Passes Senate. Iowa is one step closer to having a, quote, Religious Freedom Restoration Act in place, which would set a higher legal bar for government actions that burden a person's exercise of religion. Supporters said it was necessary to preserve religious liberties, while opponents said it would provide free reign to discriminate against LGBTQ individuals, women, and other minorities. The Iowa Senate passed the bill on a party-line vote on Tuesday. Majority Republicans argued the bill was necessary because of a 1993 U.S. Supreme Court case that eroded protections for religious freedom. Yes, that was in 1993. Democrats, though, warned of abuses that could allow denial of housing 
to unmarried or same-sex couples and shield child labor violations. The bill declares Caitlin Clark Day. Iowa House lawmakers passed a resolution declaring February 22, 2024, Caitlin Clark Day in Iowa. The resolution comes after the Hawkeye basketball star broke the all-time NCAA women's basketball scoring record last week, dropping a school record of 49 points in the Iowa game against Michigan. And now, listeners, that's going to do it for today's reading of the Waterloo Cedar Falls Courier for Monday, February 26th. I'm your volunteer reader, Bob Young. Remember, you can listen to a recording of this reading of the Courier or of any of the other newspapers around the state that we read. Just visit our website, iowaradioreading.org, at any time. And we want to thank you for listening to your IRIS, Iowa's first and only radio reading service.